The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be streamed live. And we are back for another Critical and Thinking podcast. I am Ian Harris. Ty Barnett. And, uh, well, it just gets uh, it gets crazier every day. Oh, my God. No, wait, wait, wait. Now, this is delayed, by the way. We record these in advance, so some of this stuff is going to be past news, and probably probably you're like, oh, you think that's crazy? Because <laughs> in two weeks, we You should we check in 20 that. minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's really be crazy. Well, we, got, we, got a guest, we got a guest today. Yeah, and I'm excited. I'm uh, excited. An- another comedian, good friend, uh, Mo Alexander. What's up, Mo? How what up, what up, what up? Brothers, how y'all doing? What's going good. on with you, bro? Coming out here uh, doing some comedy in L.A.? Yeah, know? man. I'm getting my feet back in the game out here again and uh, causing, a little, ca- causing a little trouble. Uh, but, hey, you uh-huh. know what? The, the fact that nowadays uh, it, the slightest thing could get you in trouble. Oh, I know. But, see, I'm not, I'm not, I don't apologize for the stuff I do. I don't care. I don't ha- I'm not that famous enough to where, like, Mo, you got to apologize. No. <laughs> <laughs> what you going to do? Not stop, not still book me? I don't care. Come yeah. on. As long as I'm still eating Top Ramen, you exactly. can't fuck with me. I got Top Ramen, man. I got a closet of Top Ramen. <laughs> Cost me $4. Definitely. I got 4,000 years worth of ramen. I ain't getting nothing. Like, millions of people hate you right now. I'm like. Millions? Millions? <laughs> no, I am. Ooh. Ooh, hey, that, killing it. <laughs> let me sell you some merch so y'all can burn it in effigy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so you know, that's what, that's what we get. Somebody's got to create the ultimate merch. Somebody's got to create like like a Colin Kaepernick jersey that's got like Comey's name on the back <sighs> of it. And her email, uh, like something, it's got uh, to be uh, the no, 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 no. A patch of Hillary on it. <laughs> patch of Hillary, Colin Kaepernick bowing while somebody else from Russia is doing a pee pee dance on Trump. <laughs> and R. Kelly's in the background. Uh, <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> and Roseanne singing the anthem. Exactly. There you go. Right there. Right? We're all good. we all good. Yeah. Kneeling, kneeling. Now, that's what I want to know. If you kneel for the anthem when Roseanne sings it, is it still disrespectful? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great commercial. Are you tired of not knowing what to protest? <laughs> Buy this jersey, which has every protest possible, burn an effigy, and you have every base cover. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah. For the, so this week, for those who are who are in the future, um, this week uh, Trump admitted to treason. Yeah. Uh, basically, he, he well, first off, he threw us under the bus. He got up and said, uh, "America fucking sucks. The Democrats suck. I'm sided with this guy Putin. He's fantastic, and uh, everybody else should go to hell. They're a bunch of losers over there in America." And then two minutes later, he said, "Everyone was like, oh, well, first off, his supporters said, well, what's wrong with that?'" He's right. We are a bunch of losers, and Putin is cool. And then two seconds later, he said, that's not what I meant. I meant the opposite of what I said. And everyone was like, see, that's cool. Wait, wait, what were you just saying? (laughs) You were just saying that it was okay that he would... He did do it. Oh, see, that's okay. No, I meant he didn't do it. I meant, no, he did do it. Like, Dude, I, let me tell you something. And honestly, and, and Mo, you, I, where are you from, Mo? Memphis. Memphis. Okay, cool. Okay, so then you're from a place where people don't suffer bullshit. Right. You know what I'm saying? They call it out as it is. Have you ever heard someone come up with the excuse, and the only thing that they said was, I didn't mean to say that one word? No. No. That is the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever said, I've ever heard. And then and I love how they're like, well, that's a double, double negative, so that means you really did mean to say it. Like, <laughs> y'all are idiots, man. <laughs> y'all are idiots. If there's anybody out there who's a Mo Alexander fan and you're a Trump fan, just kill yourself. Dude. Just you put my shirt on and kill yourself. That's I, I'm not gonna apo- I'm not gonna apologize for that later. Buy on. the shirt first. first. Buy the shirt then, first, then kill yourself then kill in, yourself. in that order. Exactly. But here's what's crazy is that like there is no like I, I had to post a series of just tweets on this just when like one word was the difference. This is yeah, like saying, word. well, Honey, no, no, I meant to say, why wouldn't I turn down a threesome right. and free donuts? Right. Exactly. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. 
And the fact that people still are, because are, again, it's different if one person does something and someone calls it out. To me, now it's become this thing of what will stick? How long will you still be mad? And will you really call this dude out on anything? Because like I said, when I saw people being upset on Twitter and oh my God, I can't believe they did this. I knew this shit wasn't going to last. Like, right. I knew they would find some way to come back to this. So do you think, and this is what... I want to, this is an honest thing I don't think will happen. I think we're, America as it was before is already done. Right. Like that's a wrap. And because people thought Obama was going to be the one that changed America and, and it'll never look the same after this, mm. which didn't happen. Like yeah. he came in, did his thing. And this has changed America, period, because well, I can tell you this no one will be able to go back to acting like this shit didn't happen. No, right. but I'll tell you what, no, Obama is responsible. The one thing, the one thing that, the, that the Trumpsters are right about. Obama is responsible for racism in America. Um, <laughs> I remember before, I remember not being called never, a nigga. I was never called a nigga before Obama became president. Not right. one time. I remember when my grandparents were marching in civil rights, and they just said, hey, look, it's black folks marching. Turn down those hoses. Turn down those hoses. Don't hit them with that wall. That's Set right. them at the front of the box. I will, I will, obviously, obviously, I'm joking. Obviously, I'm joking, but I will say it was... Obama that set all this loose, not because of Obama, but because of the hatred of Obama. Exactly. If, it, if we didn't have a black president, we wouldn't have seen all he these people. He wasn't even that he black. Wasn't, I know. That's right. He's beige. You, you, get, like the, you get out. You out. His suit was Tanner. I, exactly. Exactly. I want black W. Girl. Kamau Bell as president. Give me that black president right there. Give me Kamau Bell as president. Then, then, then you can talk. Black. Then you can talk well, about no, we got but, some but, scary if black. You got the, if you got Quest Love. Quest and Love. There we go. We're in. Man. And, his, and here's why I will say I do agree with that. Here's the problem. Obama's biggest problem was that he was not a fuck up like that. Right, right. That's where he messed up. Like if he would have come in with the same type of baggage, well, first of all, he wouldn't have got elected. Right. But let's just say he did get elected. I mean, if he had extra baby mamas, mm -hmm. all this extra stuff you know, going if, on, if he was all black stuff, Trump, it never, it, it never would have happened, right? right? Like, so yeah, I'd be fucking bitches in the Oval Office. They'd be right, like, oh right. shit, this, hey. this, is what, this is what they want. This is what the, this is what the Republicans wanted. They wanted, uh, they wanted Barack Obama to be Mary and Barry. Yeah, That's exactly what right. they want him. They want to be a fuck That's up right. crokehead and made all That's these. Right. I'm like, man, y'all need to go somewhere. Hey, man, I'm not even gonna lie. When Obama was running, I'm not even gonna front. When they didn't find anything on him, even I was like, really? Like really? Nothing. Nothing. Fuck. Okay. Wow. Yeah, my vote, bro. I like I'm, him. I'm surprised. You ain't did nothing. Nothing. <laughs> really? I, I, you know what it was like, Mo? It was like the equivalent of uh, of the OJ verdict. Yeah. When you started seeing more evidence, you're like, innocent? Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Right. okay. I mean, I would wake up every day. Did y'all find something on him yet? <laughs> no. Good. Good. His, his two <laughs> biggest scandals were the tan suit right. and that he saluted with a cup of coffee. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Those are his two biggest that's that's right. And they wanted a peach for the coffee. I'm like, peach him. He had a suit on with coffee. Oh my god, that's a peach And then, and then his wife had no sleeves on her dress. Oh yeah. And then, uh, and then Benghazi, which turned out to be nothing. Which was nothing. But the but they're still talking about. It. Yeah, they're even the Republicans but, defunded but, but, the, uh, the the Republicans defunded the the security budget for the for the uh, consulates, right? And the embassy. <laughs> but it's her fault. Okay, right. and, and, and and well, first it was Obama's fault. That's what the other thing I think yeah. find funny. When Obama was in office, Obama was who was responsible. For, right. for Benghazi. As soon as Obama was done yeah. and Hillary was running, all of a sudden Hillary, Hillary was responsible yeah. for Benghazi and yeah. they had to go after her. Yep. It's like it's it's like 
anybody who who was even remotely near the office at the time. Mm-hmm. Was, was, I, I was, normally don't do this, but who's responsible for Sarah Huckabee's eye? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I, I just want to make a whole video with just her talking and uh, Rockwell, somebody's watching me talk <laughs> behind it. That's all I want to do. You know what I think I, it is? I think she honestly has, like, one eye has a conscience. <laughs> one, one eye is woke and the other eye is sleeping? That's what it looks like. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. One eye is just like, you know what? We really shouldn't be doing this. Another one was like, shut up and just lay there. Just take I, the money. Just I think it's effects money. from the electroshock therapy they I'm, give her every night. Well, like, you to, know, she, buried, she, she was a, what, she's the daughter of Huckabee. That has to be some inbreeding right uh, there. Oh, yeah. Had, ugh, yuck. Yeah, speaking of inbreeding, uh, uh, do you guys see this one? I thought this was hilarious. Ted Nugent, did you guys just, Ted Nugent, um, he uh, he won't allow uh, guns. Oh yeah, at his concert, Mister Mister Suck My Machine Gun. Yeah, dude. The, 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 dude? the guy who the guy who said that we should arm teachers and arm children. Um, the guy who called the 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 the, the kids at Parkland uh, pussies and whatever he called them and and said they should be a. Uh, uh, they were crisis actors and mm-hmm. and all that sort of. Who thing. came up? With he this? won't allow guns, but here's why they're hilarious. So isn't it? Don't they always say that his and his reason is security issues? Well, well, I thought you said guns don't kill anybody. So right. what would happen? So my thought is they always say guns don't kill people. People kill people, but no one. He's not gonna have people at this concert either. So <laughs> I think he's good. They I should, don't think he should good just do. be guns. He should just play for guns. That'd be awesome. <laughs> he should just set up guns just and people a can bunch stay. of chairs and guns. Just like Ooh. and let people out. The, the people don't get to come. Just no, their just guns. The gun. Let the guns go. I like yes. that. I like that. Um, oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Well, yeah. We can get to that in, in a second. Um, but I want to because it, this we got to start doing. We got to start giving the guests more time to shine. So Mo, tell us more about your comedy career. Because we, what we're doing here, we don't want people to think that we just talk serious shit. Right. All right. We are comedians all here, but we will get back to the serious shit in a minute. Uh, but, we, <laughs> but Mo, and we know you're not us, serious uh, about your act. Tell, <laughs> <laughs> tell us some more about you. First of all, how long have you been doing stand up, bro? I've been officially doing stand up for like 22 years now. Man. Whoa. Where'd you start? Memphis, Tennessee, the old comedy zone back in the day. Wow. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. Let me ask you this, dude. Yeah. What have you noticed is the biggest change? YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube and celebrities who can't actually do an hour of comedy. Oh, I'm just like, there's this one dude, I don't even know his name. He just goes on stage with, with like sweatpants, throws <laughs> on a wig with his beard, and then does 25 minutes of comedy and then leaves. Wow. What? You know, okay, no, that brings. So what, it, what TV show has he got from that? I don't exactly, How many Netflix exactly. specials? How many it's Netflix sweat, specials? It's the sweatpants 13. hour. It's the sweatpants hour. Number sweatpants. So, do you feel oh. like because when you tell people this, because I notice it's the same thing even with music. Like when when old school cats say something about music and they're like, oh well, you just hating that these cats getting getting these views. It's not that because yeah. I always tell people I'm, I have zero problem with anybody if you're funny because because as comedians, if it makes you laugh. It, you're yeah. going to laugh. Yeah, like that. So do you feel that, because I always tell people it's a double-edged sword. Social media is great and helps us promote, but it also elevates these people, like you just said, that don't really have the chops. Do you see, is it more the fault of the performer or more the fault of the person booking the performer? I think it's more the fault of the person booking the performer because a lot of these people haven't even seen them. And they get the management calling it, yeah, you got 75 million hits on YouTube, right. so you got to book that person because they'll sell out at least one show. 
At least one show <laughs> until they until everyone talks about it the next day. Like, ooh, is that, that? Yeah, yeah. Babe, I'm staying my ass. Yeah. I I don't even know that they will sell out one show. I know people that are like, I've got a million Twitter followers, and you go to their show and they don't sell more tickets than I do. Right. And I'm like, I I don't have even you know a, a f- tiny fraction of that. It's like just just saying just posting on Twitter. Or, or Instagram or wherever. Hey, I'm going to be at the at Zany's in Nashville. Right. That doesn't. First off, you have to have of those million followers. You got to have probably ten thousand that live in Nashville. Right. right. And of those ten thousand, you still got to get a good chunk of them. Mm-hmm. You got to get ten percent of them to go. Oh shit! I'm going to that show. For, right. To fill a week. Right. To, to well, fill, no, to no, fill no. two shows. No, 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 no. You said a week. A lot of these people are just doing one night. Right. That's all they can do. E- even right. then, though, like. Out of all your friends or followers, whatever, on, I mean, say you got 200,000 yeah. YouTube subscribers. How many of those 200,000 live in the hundreds of right. cities you do? A right. hundred? Yeah. And then are all hundred of those going to come out? Because no. you, are, no. are they even going to see the message? No. If they do see the message, are they going to be available? Are they going to come out? So it's like this idea that I've got, oh, this guy's got a million followers. So anytime he goes to a town, he's going to sell a thousand tickets. Right. It's just nonsense. It is nonsense. But they, when you get a million followers, what happens is that club is going to promote you right. because they they're agreed to paying you ridiculous money for one night. Right. And uh, they're going to promote you on every. You can get up that next morning and do thirty five radio stations. Right. And you can get those people out for that one time. Right. But that next time they come out, if you don't have an act, you're right. not. They're not coming no. back. But the thing, the funny thing about that is they could do that with everybody. Yeah. But they don't choose and not pay you as much. Right. I mean, you know, they don't have to pay you. I mean, they can still pay you well. Right. They could promote everybody mm-hmm. that comes to their show. Right. Or that comes and does a show that has a good act. Yeah. And they would get more return customers right. because, because you the made the product good. Because good. you get good product, you can have return customers. That's yep. all it but, is. But they want you. I do that a lot of times, too. Like, most of my shows are door deal shows. Uh, Ty and I do the divided comedy thing sometimes. Or we'll, we'll rent a theater or we'll, or we'll, or we'll work with a theater that, that, that brings us in and on a door deal or a comedy club. And and I've had this where they're like, okay, we're going to give you a, a Wednesday, and um, we have to make sure we wait for it to be a night with a blizzard, and then uh, <laughs> and then if you don't get three hundred people in here, we don't want you back. Right. And it's like, are you going to put me on your calendar? No. Yeah. Are you going to put a video up? No. Are you going to tweet about me? No. So I have to personally get three hundred people in a city right. I've never right. been to. Right. Oh man, what, it's like what, that's crazy. Like who can do that? I don't know. So I know celebrities or many celebrities that. that can't do what that. What I love is is when they tell you, hey, can you uh, get on the radio? You mean in your city? Right. You want me to? You want me who lives in this city to, do radio to, get, in your to, city. to hook up with the, yeah. with the, as opposed to you calling them, right? Like because is and for the yeah, new but we'd people, have to pay for that. See, and, and it, because what they used to do, it was a standard thing, and this is why I asked you, you know, about how long you've been in it, because a lot of people, if you're just now getting into comedy, like in the last say what 10, 10 years, ten years, yeah. that's when it re- you really started seeing more of the shift to where it's put more on you to promote the show as opposed to. Come to the show. We help build this together because right. that's what it used to be. It yeah. used to be like, hey, Mo, we know you're doing a show Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're flying you in early because we have set up radio for you. Right. Then it changed to this thing of, like you said, Ian, they don't want to pay for the radio. So now they make it look like, oh, well, we just couldn't get you on the radio. Right. And that's not the case. But what I'm not what, – what I keep seeing, and this is why I say the problem is 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 because uh, I agree, the problem is the booker. It's not – because the comedian is only going to take the – I'm going to take the gig. I'm going to take the gig. Uh, no the, what, you yeah, you're going to pay me six, six – you, you pay me what to do? I'll, I'll, I'll be there I'll fake it till I make it. Exactly. <laughs> I'll fake it till I make it. And that's what happens. So it's, it's not on the performer as much. It's like they have decided not to build quality. And I go back to the example of Apple. Oh. We exactly. So look at this, though. 
Think about Apple's advertising. Av- Apple's advertising used to be big, major. It was like these flashy commercials, and you uh, see the silhouette. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Jeff Goldblum, it, and uh, yeah, it used to be this uh, big uh, thing, right? Apple computer. Then <laughs> you're at Apple. They changed it mm-hmm. to their product is such a good. I'm not gonna lie. I have a, a Mac. I have an iPad. I have, uh, I have you know multiple Mac uh, Apple products. But the reason why you don't mind spending money for them is because they're good products. Right. So you look at them and you say, man, no, I know that computer is fucking more expensive than a PC, but it's worth it. So I feel like with comedy, they've changed this thing so much to where people, even if you're good, you're funny as fuck. You've been doing this 20 plus years. Ian's been doing it 20 years. But they don't. To them, they're like, well, we're used to getting shit for free, and we know what kind of people we see there on a regular. So I think the downplaying, the downgrading of the product has hurt it also. Well, uh, you, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm sorry. One other thing that, that caused a downfall, downfall a lot of clubs is uh, free weekends. So we, had, we used to have a club in Memphis called the Looney Bin. You played it. Yeah, I remember the Looney, Looney Bin. Bin. They papered that room to death. Yeah, I mean, right. okay, I, I will tell anybody, you can give out a Wednesday, Thursday night ticket, no problem. Mm-hmm. You can never give a Friday, Saturday, and they no. would do that. And was surprised when they brought in Rodney Carrington one time, and they sold eight tickets. I was like, yeah, they sold eight tickets because Dude. you give it out free tickets for two years, and they didn't expect to pay. They're like, Damn oh, I don't know, Rodney. I don't know, Rodney. I'll come wait until they bring somebody a free ticket. No, yeah. The, yeah. this just, just happened to me a couple weeks ago. I won't mention the club. Um, but a club that I worked, the club. Yeah. Why not? You know, that's the first thing we want to hear. We want to know the club. <laughs> no, so, but, but a club I work. So I, I haven't worked comic clubs like weeks at comic clubs in a while because I stepped away from it from doing you know, doing the this, this style of comedy I did for a while wasn't always working. Mm. I'm trying to do some stuff that's a little bit more mainstream now. But, um, but you know, was doing, I mean, working in that in that genre. People coming to see me, yeah, I could sell 300 tickets at a theater and they'd love it and that everything was great. But if I just show up at a comedy club where it's some papered room, where it's, you know, comedy, where it, the, 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 the nachos are more are more of a draw than the, the comic Oh my is, God, right? I hate that so much. Then, where it's like, it's, it's this week a comedian opening for another comedian. So when you have that, and I'm up there doing something that's that's different or edgy or smart or whatever, and they just want to hear dick jokes, that doesn't fly. I understand that. So for uh, so for a while, I, I didn't work this club. I finally convinced them to let me back into the club, okay? And okay. I said, look, I got a lot of people here. Last time I was there, I, I did a, an off night. I sold like 170 tickets on an off night, at the, the, on a normally dark night on this club on like a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I said, bring me in for a weekend. Come on, I used to work this club for a year. For two decades, I worked this club. No, your stuff isn't going to fly here. Blah, blah. I go, I got this whole, I finally convinced them to, 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 to bring me in, okay? I said, look, I got people. People will come and see me. I'm like, and I just don't want to do an off night. I want to give them a weekend. I right. don't want to come in on a fucking Tuesday anymore. I want to right. come in on a weekend yeah. and really show you what happens when people have a fucking night off. Tuesday, you only did 150 people on a fucking Who Tuesday. Who the fuck is coming out on a Tuesday? Right. Right. Give me a Friday, Saturday. I'll sell the place out. So anyway, I do the show. They're like, you know, summer's pretty, pretty dead here. Mm-hmm. College is out. It's super hot, whatever. Friday, both shows are sold out before I even get into town. <laughs> Good. Saturday, first show sells out. Second show, we had maybe... Three quarters full. Okay. On the second show, on the first show Saturday, the guy at the door goes, he said this to me 10 times. I've never seen this many paid people. Never yeah. seen this many paid yeah. people. He goes, I've been working, and he'd only been, granted, he'd only been like a year or two. He goes, in the, in the year or two I've been in here, I've never seen this many paid tickets. He goes, you're killing it. What'd you do? I'm like, 
All I did was tell people that I was coming. I didn't do any advertising. Imagine if I had done my normal advertising, right. got on the radio, did what we did with, with, with Divided. We would have sold out all four shows right. with 100%. T- they had something like 70 80% paid tickets in a room that is 100% papered usually. Wow. And on a, on a Saturday night, and I'm like, how is that? See, this is easy. And I didn't even do anything right. crazy. I mean, I have an email list, and I did a few things. But it's like, that to me is... A little bit of advertising and telling people who they're coming to see. And people were coming up to me and going, um, the people that didn't know me were like, you know, oh, I saw this thing and I looked you up and then I came out right. because I sent them video clips. I put posters up. I did stuff like that. So people were like, I looked you up to see who was here this week. Right. And we came out because we liked what we saw. Right. Yeah, I read that too. Like that happens. Most. It fucking happens. Let me ask you. So do you feel since since uh, social media does kind of, the good part about social media is that it li- helps eliminate the middleman now. Yeah. Like before there was no option for the independent independent artist to put their put their own show together, like like Ian said, we book our own show because we just kind of got tired of dealing with people's bullshit at clubs. Right? Do you do you do that? Do you find that you want to try and do more independent shows and just book? Dude, a I just with it? I just booked three weeks of just nothing but independent clubs. Yeah, just three weeks solid one nighters, but they're independent town independent cl- uh, bookers in small towns. I'm doing like this southern tour uh, nice. right before I go to Austin. And it's just three weeks of one nighters. The money is not bad. It's not wonderful, but right. it's not bad. Right, right. And uh, and you make more in one night than yes. the club probably. See yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and exactly. That's you, why when I'm at home in Memphis, there's a comedy club in Memphis. I don't really work it. You don't mess with I it. I don't yeah. mess with it because I, when I do my shows, I'll get that same money you want to pay me for the week for one right. night. Yeah, and yeah. Then, I mean, if you, all you have to do is shit. Think about this: if you have a hundred seat theater, get a small black box theater. Yeah. You sell a hundred tickets. And you can make it a special show. You sell 100 tickets for 20 bucks, yeah. two grand yeah. for one night. One night. That's a week. Yep. That's a week at most comedy. That's exactly. a week at a good comedy club. That's a week at a very good comedy club. Nowadays. Yeah. Um, so it's like you, you do a Friday, Saturday, you make four grand. You may spend a thousand in advertising, yep. but you make you make your money and you're tra- you got to pay for your travel and everything. But if you can get those numbers up, yeah. eventually you're going to make more in a weekend, even with all your expenses, than you are. At at a at a, a club, and you only need a hundred loyal so, fans in each yeah. fucking place. That's, That's all you it. gotta do. That's all you but see, here's the thing: I want to talk to you about because we talked about this when we uh, um, we uh, Mo and I met. Actually, I was on vacation with my with my uh, with my wife. Um, kind of a work vacation thing. Can't really talk about. But um, I was meeting Putin, and no kidding. Um, uh, and no, yeah, we, <laughs> but we were at this resort in uh, in Bahamas, right. in in Nassau, and and you were working. There was a comedy club there, and and I went and did a guest set and was hanging out. We talked, and um, we wait, that's how I met. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, like we, I'd seen him before, and like Facebook, and I heard his name and all that, but we never actually physically right. met. And I knew when you walked in, I'm like, this is a comic. I know this guy from somewhere. Right, yeah. yeah. But he just wandering around in his UFC gear. And I'm like, I know this man. <laughs> what do I know? You're a comic. God, you walk like a comic. <laughs> <laughs> Clueless. Uh, <laughs> You're like, can um, I get on stage? I know I can get on stage somehow. Who I was I following <laughs> a waitress around? <laughs> uh, those <laughs> were the days. Those but were. but it, it's um. It's funny though because uh, we start talking about comedy styles, and we start talking about. I'm like, yeah, I don't do this much anymore. I was telling the whole my whole story about how what I used to do and now what I do now, and how it doesn't always play in the clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were telling me you're like, man, I love that. I'm a nerd. I love doing this like nerdy, smart yeah. comedy shit. And you were like, how does that play? It doesn't always play. And I, and I really think that. I mean, it take a while to build that. But I think you could, you should write a separate set, and it doesn't have to be a hundred percent that shit. It could be, you know, it could be 
50% what you normally do and 50% that shit. Right. And and you could do that kind of stuff. You could probably build, because there's not a lot of dudes out there, not a lot of black guys out there doing that. Right. Um, and there are a couple that are kind of in that world that I don't think are really that smart and clever in their material. Right. There's a couple that are. But no one's doing what what we talked about. If you did that, I think you would have a huge market of people that are like, oh, this guy is really smart and funny and also hitting a demographic that is not a stereotypical demographic. Right. You know, right. I think you could do that and build a, build an audience for yourself. Well, I will. I need to try that. Then, apparently. I, I really do. But I think I think it's easier for that to happen now. But you see more people doing that with the you know the Kamals and you know the we talked about this with you know to another extent with Hannibal th- those types of cats right. where people mm-hmm. are being where you're allowed to be a black person and do more than what they think black people do. Like uh, I'm, I'm out here right now doing this doing this week, and I really was trying to get on a Baron Vaughn show. Mm-hmm. The new Negroes, mm-hmm. the new Negro show. I oh, want I that show so. Ba- I want that show so bad. That <laughs> that show is hilarious because all it is. I mean, he gets the the you know black nerds together, right? Yeah. And the show is intelligent and it's funny. And I will do anything, Baron, to give that show. If you're <laughs> listening, Baron. <laughs> hey, hey, buddy. Uh, Shafreen Mo Alexander. Uh, yeah, man. I need to. No, but that's but see, I love that those the, those showcases are starting to exist because. You know, I know when I started, like the thing that helped me transcend was transcend was uh, Last Comic. Last right. Comic was the first platform that I had had that was a broad platform, right? Where it was like it, this is in middle America's household, so even black people who were like, "Oh, that, you know, I ain't seen them on BET," they were like, "Oh, well, I see why I don't see them on BET." Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, but it wasn't a bad thing. It was more like a, oh, "Okay, this dude." Is coming from a different angle. Right. He's just a comedian that happens to be black. Right. So I've always tailored my act that way. Did you come in from... Well, hold up. I feel on some level, I may have fucked up your career. Okay? No, your career is good. No, no, no. No, but do you remember this? Do you remember this? When I first met Ty, it was 2000, 2001, 2000, I don't know, early 2000. Mm-hmm. 2000 maybe. And I was doing the Seattle Underground the underground, mm-hmm. I was headlining, and you were featuring. It was the right. first time we worked together. And I remember, I watched your act, and I was like, damn, this dude's funny. It was smart. It was clever. And, and But the headshot just said Tyrone. I know, that's right. It said Tyrone, and I think you had a do-rag or something. And no, I was like... No, stop, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Tyrone the Crip. But I was like, I was like... But I looked at Tyrone, and I thought, why did they put me with some, like, Def Jam comic? I know. And I was like, Tyrone. And I remember after we were talking, I'm like... Your name and your act don't match. Do not match. I know. And you were like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Tyrone." I mean, I'm, I'm like, I get it. Oh Ty- that's your name. I'm like, but but you should have a last name. Tyrone sounds like you're gonna be on Def Jam. Wait, Channel. wait. Did you just go by Tyrone? Yeah. Is, is, oh is, is, no, you didn't. No, no. But look, here's the For thing. For a very this short is, time. A very short time. This was in Seattle, though. So okay. in Seattle, it really was this thing of people thought I was that type of dude. And then there's only one headshot floating around in the universe <laughs> of me standing in front of the Comedy Underground, which was at that time they had a Tacoma club. So I was standing in front of that club, mm. and it just said Tyrone in the head shot and every time every blue moon i see that i'm like what the fuck was i thinking okay so i just changed it to ty because my family calls me ty right and my mom calls it because people was like oh well why are you changing your name i'm like well first of all it's not a name change it's my mom my family calls me ty I just right. you know uh and then i did realize that once i changed it to ty barnett it, it was just better right <laughs> it was just I better can, yeah uh, i have a friend named anthony crawford you know him yet anthony and crawford he's originally from he's originally from greensboro but he lives in denver and um, when I first met him, he was, I mean, first met him, first night I saw him, hilarious. I'm like, dude, we need to talk. 
And then I found out when he called himself on stage, they was like, dude, you need to change that name. Uh-huh. <laughs> wait, wait, what did he call? That's, what did he call he, him? He called himself Chameleon. Oh, stop. Uh, no. <laughs> stop. There are comics all over the planet, pl- all over pl- America comes up to me. Oh, you the one told Anthony to change that story? Yeah, that's, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> he tells that story. Like, he just, he pulled me off stage. We sat down. We had a drink. I said, look, you're too damn funny to be calling yourself Chameleon. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> It's, <laughs> and I mess with him because he actually has a chameleon tattoo on his arm. I'm just like, dude, no, no. It's because no. I, I he's get, hilarious. If you don't know him, go find him. He's okay, I'm gonna him. check him out. Yeah. But, his, but his, that's why I say, like, I think with names, it really is like your presentation. Like, because we yeah. joke about these names when right. we talk about when we name our kids. Yeah. We always say that. Well, you want to give your kid a name that's gonna help them at least get the job interview. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Well, you, you know, you guys know me as Mo, but that's not my real name. What is it, Muhammad? Sh- no. <laughs> Mustafa? No. Allah? I, 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 <laughs> no, but my real name is Montreal. Montreal? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been going by Mo since high school. My name progressively got shorter from Montreal to Mo through the four years of high school, and I've been Mo ever since. But see, Mo still works, though. It works, yes. Yeah, yeah Mo still you works. Don't, but you don't, you're not going to say, because they want to put me in a Def Jam thing. I'm like, that's not the no, Def Jam. But then your, name, then your name would have been Trail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. Mo Trey Alexander. Exactly, exactly. Ah, uh, damn it. There's now I got to play the chillin' turn it all day. <laughs> and that's what I've tried not to do. I've tried to <laughs> see, people think, Mo, you don't play enough black clubs. No, I play enough black clubs. Yeah. I don't play the, uh, how do I say this? Non-black No, no, no. How do I say this? Uh. Sounds, oh, I know you're you know. Talking. You know what I'm trying to say. I know you're trying to say. You're trying to, you know what I'm saying. And then, there's, but there's a reason, and I also feel like, into what you guys were talking about a second ago, is that if that's not where your comedy is, then it's not where your comedy is. And what we tend to do as black people, black, not black people, because the the ones that only think narrow mindedly are the ones that do this. Black people as a whole, no, we have a we have a broad sense of entertainment. Right. But there is a certain group out there that think that you can only do this thing. And I said, man, that's not what we're about because when you – I went to a block party. I think I told you this. I went to a block party a couple of weeks ago. It was the first time I've been to a block party since I was like 17, 18 years old. All right. And this was all mostly black people. There's a few sprinkles, you know, in there of, of other people, but it was mostly black people. And we were all sitting there having conversations about politics, religion, sports, all these different – I'm seeing all these different types of people talking, and none of them is on some ghetto shit. All of them is just kind of to having a regular – I'm saying – this is us. This yeah. is what we talk about. So I was like, why we feel like we can't represent that as a on a broad base in the entertainment as opposed to feeling like we gotta be this. We don't do all that shit. Right. We don't right. talk like that. I'm not. I mean, I think personally, uh, the two greatest downfalls of black comedy, and this is gonna sound horrible. Some people are gonna hate me for this. I don't care. Were uh, the the latter seasons of HBO's Def Jam. And anything about Tyler Perry. <laughs> hey, I agree with you, by the way. But, but you know, I, I, it's funny, though, because this is a way grand, greater t- topic than, than this right here and just comedy. But there is there is that thing where you, you hear that anyway, not just in comedy entertainment, where <clears throat> there are certain black people in this country where if you aren't ghetto, you're white. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Where there's that thing where it's like if you're not talking a certain way, right. or you, you're, you're conjugating your verbs, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you want to be white? I, I Why? Don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't play that. I'm no, not, it's bullshit. No, like, you, you, you tell, I had a club owner come up to me one night, man. It was hilarious. He's like, oh, you and them niggas went to college, ain't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, I'm about to get fired. Can I get paid Can I get now? My check now. Yeah, Let me get my money. No, give me my cash. I need my cash. I ain't taking a check. I, like, I could not take a chance on this shit. Not cash. Oh my god. When he said that to me. 
me. I'm just like, I gotta go. This is and but now and you know it's only with this. So because Ian, you know, he started. You start was it Monterey? Where did you start? Santa Cruz. Santa, Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz. Santa, Santa, Santa Cruz. So, but also because any of those comics up there, I noticed the ones in the Bay Area. That's also where I noticed that more black comics were able to just kind of be. You know, open like Kevin Avery, those cats like yeah, that. Yeah, I love Kevin more, Avery, man. You know, like those cats that I see, I'm like, oh, okay, so you guys do get to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I'm being from Chicago. I'm not gonna lie. Like, if I would have started comedy in Chicago, I probably would have kept Tyrone right. as the as yeah. in there. I probably would. Yeah, might have been a smart move. <laughs> nah, because you know what? Because because that's not my act. And no, it, I'm it, just playing. It, yeah. Somebody said to me one day, I actually a friend of mine, Ralph Porter from Seattle. Okay. Um, he said because he saw my act and he saw me trying to do something that wasn't me, mm-hmm. and he pulled me to the side and he said, "Hey man, do you? Yeah, that's do all. what you do, and the rest of the people will get what you do." Yeah, and and I, but I think I think both you guys, <clears throat> what is good about it is you guys you guys have you guys have crossover appeal. Um, you can play any audience, and I think you could also do what would be typically called a black club. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be latter half of Def Jam for sure, but you can play any club where there are certain acts out there that can't play uh, various clubs. There are certain acts out there, are certain comics out there like uh, that can't play a mainstream or or mixed or white club or whatever right. you want to call it. And there are acts out there that would get their asses handed to them at a at a typical black club, right? Right. And you, I feel like you guys can can do. Can it, because you're real and because you're you, you can you can appeal to to any club you want to play. I think that's huge. I mean, I think the the, the just by being what you use you, yourself. You say that, but I have fought my entire <clears throat> career not to be put into a box. Yeah, well, that's my point. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I have, they always say, "Oh, wait, he's a black club because the Def Jam night." No, I'm not here for the Def Jam no. night. Right, that's not me. Just watch me go up. I'll make everybody laugh. It'll be good. We'll be fine. Right. If the goal is laughter, I got you covered. I got you. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you know. And that's why I said, like, for the most part, it's easier now. And I think what the moment for me. When, let me ask you this. What was the moment for you when you became totally comfortable with what you're presenting on stage? What was your exact moment? Because I'm asking, I'm, I'm asking you that, and I'm asking you a follow up question. After well, that. the exact moment was a what I like to call the "fuck you" moment. Uh, which seriously, that's what it was. It was just like, man, fuck all this shit. Because I was at the Dallas Improv, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I was working with Shucky Ducky. Quack 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 quack, <laughs> and Shucky Shucky came up to me and said this. He's like he's like, hey hey boy, you my you my free check right? You my free check? Yeah yeah. How long you been doing comedy? Uh, about five years. Oh, it takes five years to get, to learn how to write a good joke. Just watch me tonight. I'm gonna teach you how to write a joke. And I was like, okay. And uh, <laughs> and then I went up and got a standing ovation in front of his ass and, he, and burned him for the next twenty minutes. His ass, he got off stage quick. I was like, oh, gotta get back on that bus, don't you? Yeah. Uh, quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my, that was the exact moment. I'm like, you know what? I ain't dealing with this bullshit no more. I ain't taking it. I'm y'all watch what I do. Yeah, yeah. Here's some fire. I'm about to set your ass on it. Um, you want to ask him that? I want I want to know these two. These, well, these right. are my follow up questions. That, right? All right, go ahead. Yeah, all right. So so yeah, give us uh, what you one at a time. You know, you yeah. got some both. <clears throat> all right. So then, well, yeah. Then what's your best, your best, and your worst moment in comedy? Ooh, best moment in comedy. Um. Are you talking about just like stand? I mean, because I've had some. Uh, I think you can qualify that however you want. Best all right, moment best to you, moment, best moment, best moment to me in comedy 
when uh, I shut down Keenan Avery Wayans. Whoa, I got to hear this story. <clears throat> okay, so they used to call me down to the Dallas Improv a lot to, you know, just in case the show, you know. <laughs> you know like, well, I don't know. If the guy we need a backup. Just, we need a backup. Just in case he's not funny, we need someone to be funny tonight. Is Mo ready? Go, go, go. <laughs> Pretty much. So the first night, first night, he doesn't watch my set at all. He doesn't watch it at all. He just, I saw him standing in the corner, had his hoodie on, just doing his thing. And then we go back to the, we're all in agreement, but in the show. And he still hood, hood, hoodie up. One of my friends is talking to him, trying to get him to sign this uh, Low Down Dirty Shame CD. I mean, DVD. <laughs> okay, Low Down Dirty Shame, right? Wow. And he's over there, man, my girlfriend watched this like three, four times. She can't get the, she, she loves this movie. Could you sign this for her? And I was like, and he's in his hood. And he's finally about to sign it. Yeah. And I say to him, yeah, she loves that movie because she's still trying to get the uh, taste of Glimmer Man out of her mouth. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he actually pulled the hoodie down and he's like, oh. You think you're funny? He's like, no, oh. I, no, I know I'm funny. You should watch me tomorrow night. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's who I am. That's who I am. Damn. And I okay. said that. To, I said that to him. I honestly said that to him. And he just like, okay, we'll see what you got tomorrow. He came back, watched my whole set, watched the whole set. Actually, said some nice things about me on stage. Gave you a copy Hold of Glimmer Man. <laughs> Which he had. He uh, and two weeks later, I get a call. I get a call from his assistant. He's like, Keenan wants to know if you want to go on the road with him. I was like, you oh, damn right. That's dope. <laughs> damn right. That's a dope story. Yeah. That's, that was my, one of my greatest moments right there. I was just like, woo-hoo-hoo-ha-ha-ha. Oh, and did, man. You, did you tour with him? Oh, yeah, I toured with him. Yeah. We, uh, when, I toured with him when, we were, when he was writing Scary Movie when that first came out. So that's when that, about, that's when that long, how long ago that was. And we did like 10, t- 10 dates together. That's and dope. every night we were, you know, you know and that's I, where 10 first dates came. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, that story right there helps me have mad respect for Kenny because he saw somebody that was funny and he did not mind that person that was funny going up in front of him. Oh, yeah. No. Because you see this trend yeah. now with cats that'll bring people with them that are not funny. funny. Yeah. And that's yeah. something I will never do. I want somebody, I want you to be funny every single night. Don't be, what if I mess up more? You ain't going to mess me up. No. You ain't gonna mess yeah. if I you, you if make me your work harder, ass, that's better. If your ass can knock me off my pedestal, I need to work harder. Mm-hmm. Right. So bring your heat. Bring it. People don't understand that there there are actually three different levels to this business. And and, and uh, four. Four. I'm gonna give you four. Four? Yeah. Okay, so. The opener, middle, headliner, celebrity headliner. Oh shit. Okay. Well, you know what? That's how, okay. There, there are four. Yeah. And people don't understand. Well, by the way, it's easier nowadays to become the celebrity headline. Right. It really is. <laughs> hey, I got. You can go from. You can go from. I woke up this morning and did a YouTube video to, to celebrity, celebrity headliner. headliner. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <It's> so easy. <laughs> uh, Have you seen this cat? This guy's cat cat fart and fall off the <laughs> His cat farts. He he falls off the off the fucking (laughs) fireplace. Get this man a a date now, dude. He got fifty million Vine followers. You mean the six second Vine? No, three second, bro. Three second. Where you at? That's too long. So uh, we were gonna talk talk about this uh, earlier. Uh, Ian doesn't know we're doing this, which is gonna help the segment go even smoother. All right. We're gonna from now on. We're gonna do a segment called Random Shit Out of Nowhere. Yeah. So. So random shit out of nowhere, I just saw that the Brady Bunch house has now sold for $2.1 million. Wow. The original Brady Bunch house. 
Would you, if you could buy the original Brady Bunch house, would you buy it? And do you think it's worth two million dollars? Here's the question: Where where is it located? California, Sherman it, Oaks, right? Sherman Oaks, somewhere yep. up there. Yeah, is that a white area town? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'd move in a heartbeat and just annoy the neighbors. <laughs> I'd rather I get the blackest Brady Bunch family myself. I'd, I'd adopt kids just to mess with you. Hilarious. I would. I swear to God, I would be like, I'm in the Brady Bunch house. I would get a black maid named Alice just to piss people off. <laughs> like I'm smoking weed and throwing a football in the exactly, house. Exactly. Exactly. Like, is that the Dip Myers barbecue? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> <laughs> I would move in tomorrow with the blackest family I could. <laughs> you know the outside. The outside is the is the is what you're talking about. Yeah. The inside is a set. So it's funny because you would think. I wonder what the inside what, of the real right. house no, looks look, like. No, look right here. There, there, there's something. See, you guys can't see the pictures, but look at that. It looks shabby, but it also looks like you still do coke in that house. Oh, there's so, coke in that. That's, that's some coke. Oh yeah, yeah but there's no way you're not. Um, okay, <laughs> so there, there we go. Random shit out of nowhere. The backyard's not too bad. Uh, so let me let me ask you this. Uh, we because I was gonna ask you earlier. Uh, right. I, I wrote down to bring it up, but uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. Yeah, the who is America? <laughs> yeah. But by the way, can I? This is how much I, I love my wife. My, but my wife is hilarious. So I, I pitched that show for a while. I was pitching a show where I was going in, uh, dressing up as characters, going in undercover to join various religions. Mm -hmm. Right? It yeah, was I called that. it was called Faith Off, and I would go around. I'd be like. I would dress up as like a redneck and I'd try to become a Muslim. And I would Gosh. and I would ask them questions about Dude, about Islam that would make them contradict themselves. Right. Or I'd go in as a gay guy to an aunt to like a Westboro Baptist church, but not say I'm gay. Right. But just be like, so uh, I violated this uh one of the, some of these laws here. Is it okay for me to do you know, and just and turn out just turn the flip the script on them a lot and make them think, oh, he's talking about being, you know, sleeping with another man, and I'm talking about tattoos and eating pork. Yeah. But they're assuming <laughs> they're that I'm gay clearly, because yeah. of the way I talk right. and carry myself. You know, and that kind of stuff. Just, just go and, and you know, try to go to go to a Mormon church and try to get a bunch of wives or whatever, like, just for fun. So I had all these characters, and I, I, I mapped the whole thing out, and I was real close to selling it to a couple different uh, networks. It, it was interesting. And, that, and then last night, and I always pitched it as, it's like Penn and Teller's bullshit meets Ali G., Right, right. So my wife, we, and she's she knows who Allie G and she watches, uh, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen. We were watching Who's America, and she's like, "He stole your idea." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, no, 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 no. This is the first time that someone hasn't stolen my idea. <laughs> this is the first time. This is the time where I actually hit him doing Borat and that. That's what I thought." That's part of the reason. That's part of what I use to pitch my idea. Right. So I'm like, no, no, he didn't. But it's hilarious. She's like, he's this guy stole your idea. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Did you have you seen it? Mo? I haven't seen it yet. I have heard about it and I want to watch it. But I've been I've been too busy on the road. Oh, bro, you got to watch it. It's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious and I, scary. Actually. I think I saw scarylarious. I think I saw like a little preview of the like the gun thing with a guy talking about arming kids. Mm -hmm. and, and he gets all of them. He gets Trent Lott. He gets all these guys to do the commercial where they're like. You need to give kindergartners their guns, like like he like he gets them saying. Man, um, what did he call the uh, the oh, guns? The little, the little guns. The, what did he call the guns with the toys? He called them something though. What were they called? Kindergartians. Kindergarten. He called them kindergartians, but it was a name he had for the toys. For, for the toy, oh, yeah. Oh my um, god, no. Ah, oh, damn it! What if was the name? If this does not teach you people, stop voting for these psychotic Republican people. The, the you gunnimals. That's what he called them. Gunnimals. No. Gunimals. No. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like a, a little sheep, and you flip up the thing. 
Oh my god, no! Oh my god, that's oh, hilarious, dude! I was rolling. He said he had one. He had the Uzi one that was dressed in a, as a unicorn. And said, "Look, even even able for kids to hold it." And oh dude, my god, that's funny. It's one oh, of the, the, the Uzi corn. The Uzi corn. <laughs> Uzi corn. Oh uh, my god, dude, that's hilarious. You have to watch it just because, man. And and because I, I noticed people were trying to hate on it, saying, "Well, not a whole lot of people watch it." First of all, I think a lot of people watch it. Second of all. It, it appears to me nowadays that whenever you are talking about stuff that used to be good in America, right, you are now considered the enemy. Yeah. Like if, if if I say if we all sit here and say, man, everybody should have health care. <laughs> Look at this guy. What? Every, how is health? This, I've never. How are people with having health care a bad option? Because because Republicans have convinced them that all taxes are theft unless they pay to kill other people in other countries. Um, or give it to the corporations because anything that you get, because what they've done is they vilif- they, they vilified anything that's that's an entitlement as saying people who aren't like you, black people and poor people and Mexicans, ooh, they're gonna get health care. Why should you pay for their their health care? That's what the Republicans have done. So why should you pay for their health care? What? Think- it's like I ain't, I've heard I've had friend I've had friends who are like they probably make like. $13,000 a year. Like, I ain't paying for no Mexicans health care in college. You're not even paying for your, uh, yeah. uh, for uh, uh, one dot on the road, dude. What are you talking about? Dude, you, you, you don't even get a stripe. Pay- you don't have a stripe <laughs> on the road. Look, I hate racism like everybody, every normal human should. But I have one thing. If you're a racist towards anybody, especially Latinos, you should never be allowed in any Mexican restaurant. <laughs> you are you are condemned to only eat Taco Bell. That's yeah, it. which technically does not count. That's, that's, no, that's the whitest. That's the whitest food it's out there. Hard, dude, I've been I've been I've been out here for three weeks now in Colorado, and I have had some of the best food truck tacos on oh, the yeah. planet. Oh, yeah. Well, they've gotten better now. I'm not going to lie. I was a little against anything that could roll away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I ain't front, dude. I'm a little leery. I was always leery that you won't be in the same place See, just in case some shit happens wait, you, that I need to contact you but about. You, wait, you from Chicago? Chicago. Man, didn't they have... Look, well, I'm from Memphis. We used to have a little dude that was a tamale truck just walking down the street, <sighs> ringing the bells. Some people had ice cream. This guy had tamales. Bro. Dude, I didn't know which one we run outside first for, the tamale man or the ice cream dude. Cause the tamale dude would come through. Woo! Let me let me ask you this, and Ian, I don't know if you had this where you where you grew up at, but I know they didn't have it in Chicago, and you might know this, Mo. Did they have the rating system for restaurants when you were growing up? No, I think that I think that's a new thing. That's all new, right? I they, think it's they, like they, the last maybe mean like twenty a, years, a fifteen a years. Yeah, the A, yeah. B, C. Yeah, did they, they have that? They had, they had it there. Had you ever, by the way, if you, I've seen a B, and I go into a place that's a B, and the guy's like, 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 like sitting naked on the fucking thing, yeah. and he, he's flip, flipping a rat burger with a roach uh, with, yeah, a, with roaches. I'm like, what does a C look like? I want to know what a fucking yeah. C. No, no, like, if no, that's a B, that, we had what that, the and the tamale dude had his. I do was tight because he had like. Here's my A right here. Like, oh, okay, so see now that would be more like because he's at least he's aware. Yeah, you know, yeah, in, yeah. In my neighborhood, they actually have the ones that are which uh, crazy to me. There's people all around them. Like one thing to have a cart where you actually are rated by the health. Yeah. But these people have carts that they just push around where they sell like the corn on the cob. Yeah. Yes, or they okay. sell like the fruit that they cut up. Yeah. And it's like it's out of their cooler. It's yeah. out of their own cart. And I'm like, 
I yeah, I know that's scary. They have that's scary. Fifty people around him eating corn. It. I'm like, I'm not eating. Where are you corn washing your hands rent. at, bro? Where are you yeah. washing your hands no, at? I'm with what you does that, that mean? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm with you on that, man. But after you survived New Orleans, <laughs> and eat, after you've been to New Orleans and you were hungry as hell, and you survive eating one of those hot dogs out of the. You can survive anything right You know there, what man. got me off eating those hot dogs? Don't tell me, because I love those yeah. things. Don't don't <laughs> tell me. Please don't tell me. The ring? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the, uh, Godfrey. Godfrey okay. Uh, okay. Had, had a term, and, and, and every time I see one now, it sticks in my brain. He called it street meat. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't even eat those things now because of that term. Because when, after the club was over with, that's all we used to do. Go to right there, no, the dude no. be cooking. Dude. Now I can't even touch I him. You know, I, could, I thought you could say something much worse because I do the street meat. They were like, street meat, the king of the street. And I'm rocking ah. your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I took that feet. Sometimes it makes me wonder. <laughs> yeah, man, because I mean, I don't I mean, if you can survive a New Orleans hot dog at 3 o'clock in the morning, AIDS can't touch you. Hilarious. Zika virus can't touch you. It might the be the Bola cure. Runner, exactly. It might be the cure. So that was, Hilarious. <laughs> what happened to you? I had a bowler, but they poured some hot dog water from a New York, <laughs> New Orleans street vendor, and it cured everybody. I'm like, I'm like Wolverine now. I got a healing factor. But we used to, uh, the, when I first moved down here, like '92, right after the riots. Right. I moved right to South Central, down by down by uh, USC. Okay. And there was a taco truck there that people were like, "This taco truck is the," sh-. and back then it was fifty cent tacos. Ooh. And it was the Dang. best, but people be like, "You got a gun, right?" Uh, <laughs> like I'm not oh kidding. My God. Three times, three separate times, yeah. somebody showed me their gun in their waistband at night. Like we walked down there, like, "Hey, let's go get tacos." Like one in the morning, walk down to the taco truck and walk down, and there'd be somebody walk down. And they'd like lift up their shirt, show you their gun. Like I'm just getting tacos, dude. Um, just sick. here for tacos. See, that was a real. It was nutty back. And back that's in why I'm wearing pink. It's a neutral color, right? Everybody was that's good. That's why that, that was the original script for Minister uh, Society. It was just guys going to get some tacos <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, and then they get there. Let's make the script a little better. Let's I feel that. sorry for your mother. <laughs> what? No, no, I just want the tacos, bro. This is. I just want the tacos, bro. Dude, uh, oh, sorry. so no, so uh, so uh, if you had to, okay, so no, to to answer your question about the Chicago part, there's a part, there was a restaurant down the street called Mr. T's from my grandma's house, okay, and the dude, we had no problem going, and the dude would take your money, mm-hmm. right? He would put it in the register. He'd wipe his dirty yep. ass apron yep. with his hands, and then go right to making your food, right? And at the time, as a kid, this is how much I didn't think about shit. Yeah. At the time, I would look at them and be like, man, that's about to be the best Polish on the planet. Thank you. Bro. Thank you, dog. <laughs> Thank you. Remember those old movies, though, where the guy be washing the, the glasses behind the bar and he'd go, oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Spit and wipe it. <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I have rules like traveling because we all travel a lot, you know. My thing is, you ever see an old black dude sort of a salad road selling barbecue? I don't care where you are, you stop. You stop. I got to see where you, again, man, I got to see where you washing your hands at. No, no, no I'm not talking, I'm talking about by the side of the road, side of the road. We got a truck, he got a truck stand, something okay. like that, man. He got a real, dude, there's a place, this, I met this dude in uh, Arizona, and we were getting some gas, and barbecue by the side of the road. Let me, let me see what this guy So what'd you get? I got, the, I got the beef barbecue, which is something I normally don't do, okay. but he was in Arizona, so that's what he was selling. He was from Clarksdale, Mississippi. 
He knew his barbecue. Nah, I was about to say. Nah, we drove, we drove like two minutes and like, let's go back. <laughs> we drove for the road. We drove back 10 minutes you know what? to get some of the road. I would I would have gotten, I would at least tasted it, but I probably would have been freaking out for at least the next two, three hours. Because how long does it take for it to kick in? Whatever's going to happen? Either yeah, it's yeah. going to stay in and be cool or it's going to come out a certain way. Well, you so, can tell by the first bite, like, oh, this is delicious. If you get like, oh, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> I got to go. But, I got food poisoning from an Arco AM PM. Oh, hey, yeah. that's the last yeah, you, time I ever got food from Arco. Yeah, I never. You shouldn't get food from Arco. <sighs> yes, you should not. There's a place. There's a there's a, there's a Exxon in Memphis, Tennessee that has sushi. You don't do that. no hell no <laughs> hell no. And they, they doing it right too. They got a sushi chef. He's up there making it fresh. I'm like no, can't take that chance. I'm bro. not getting gas while I get gas. Y'all better y'all better kiss. Wait, 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 what's the what's the blowfish called? It's fugu. The one fugu. Ooh. Yeah, you go in there. You're like you make fugu here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh my God! My tongue is tingling. Should my tongue be tingling right now? <laughs> I didn't even eat it yet. Why is my tongue tingling and I haven't even eaten it? Dude, that's the worst case scenario ever. <laughs> oh, Fugu at a gas station. That, oh, 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 that's, that's nasty. But uh, you, but you can get a Monster Energy drink with your Fugu. Uh, so right next to you. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, we got, oh, seven. We got seven minutes. I just want to make sure we got time here. This is a fun podcast. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man, thank you, bro. You, you don't even understand. Like, we, you know, Ian and I have, uh, like, the first podcast that's going to come out. I think everything's going to get released. We, you know, because we both have the same, similar thoughts about world issues. Right. So we told ourselves after those, like, okay, we got to at least act like the world makes sense for a minute and talk about random stuff like barbecue. Right. And in uh, restaurant ratings, so <laughs> um, we appreciate you being here. Now, uh, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, my website is uh, slapthestupid.com. I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm Mo Alexander on Facebook, Twitter, and everything else. Um, what's popping up? What's coming out right now? Anything I've got going? Uh, still, I'm selling my my current CD. It's called Got Clots. <laughs> it's about oh my god what yeah you know about that don't you uh, it's about me dropping dead in the hospital in the hospital for 77 days having to relearn how to walk and doing comedy in a wheelchair for the first six months okay insane. so that brings me to the next thing uh, let's just talk about this healthcare, healthcare. <laughs> and why you don't I, think people okay. <laughs> um, so because I always feel like there's something in, in the performer's brain that helps them get through whatever they're going through, at least for that moment while they're performing. So uh, I brought up Don Rickles and um, Al Jarreau. So let's right. say Al Jarreau, for, for example. I saw Al Jarreau in Newport Beach. He come, I'm a huge fan, so he comes out, he's doing the standard energy, all of this stuff, man. He's, he's killing it. And I'm like, I'm watching, it's like, damn, he is acting like he's 20-something years old. When he finishes the show to come sign autographs, he has two walkers and a person to help him to the seat. Wow. And in my mind, I'm like, you wouldn't have thought any of that was going on while he was performing. Right. So when you were going through your health issues and everything and, and being in a wheelchair, was there a part of you that turned everything that you were going through personally, physically off and just said, I'm here for these people in this moment and what we're doing? Every, every single day. Every single day. Um, the entire CD got written in the hospital. Whoa. Wow. I did not know that. Well, I think there's like... Two things that did not get written into the rest of it, all hospital stuff and rehab stuff, and it's all stuff that happened to me. And do the proceeds go to the healthcare? Uh, <laughs> His healthcare. Uh, the, sale, healthcare? The, yes. the sales from this CD will go to me. Exactly, it's going to still pay off that stupid hundred thousand some dollar bill. That, Got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, <laughs> produced by Dr. Rubenstein. <laughs> Dude, so, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yo, no, it's serious. Every, every day when I was on stage, because I, I got out of rehab on a Wednesday, and that following Thursday, the next week, the 9th of July, I was in Chicago in a wheelchair headlining four sets for that comedy exposition they did out there. Wow. Yeah. So all this material was only heard by the nurses and a couple of the doctors who were to hang out with me. I wrote a whole new show. Because, okay, I was on so many drugs, I lost an entire CD. I, I, was, supposed to, I was supposed to record a CD that year in May, and it was called Crazy Vaginas Are Magical. That was the name of the Crazy CD. Vaginas. And we had the artwork. It's all ridiculous, too. But I lost that because all the drugs they had just— in, I, I was on—they were shooting the lotted directly into my neck. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Damn. Damn. And, right. and, the, and dilaudid is, is like seven times stronger than morphine. Hey, I got my appendix taken out. Yeah. And they were, they first of all, they put Valium in first. And it was like, and then they said, oh, just just so you're aware, as they're squeezing the dilaudid in, they're like, uh, just so you're aware, you may not wake up <laughs> after this. And I'm like, you probably should have told me this shit before right. you gave me that Valium because yeah. I'm way too relaxed for that information. Yeah. Um, so, when you were on stage performing, did you did you address the fact you were in a wheelchair? Did you do any of that? Or was it yes, just kind of like whole, oh. the whole thing was like, why am I in this wheelchair? You people know me as I'm a big dude, but I would run off the stage, jump off the stage, and be in the crowd because that's why. I, I mean, that's why I do. Sometimes I don't want to be on stage. Right. Sometimes I want to be down here with you people. Let's have some fun. Let's just break up the status quo. Why should I just be on stage all the time? Mm -hmm. So I couldn't do that in the wheelchair, and there was you know people. I was very lucky to have as many cool humans as friends and fans because um, they hooked me up. They they raised like $16,000 for me. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, wow. which, you know, it helped me pay my bills while I was completely out of, of the loop. Man, that is awesome. I mean, I looked at the first day of the hospital bills, which was $18,000. Like, well, <laughs> thank y'all. We're going to get a Jeep. Uh, no. Uh, but, yeah, every every show I did, it was just trying to get that. I hadn't been on stage for six months. Six months off stage, three of which were in a hospital. I was going to say, that, uh, that muscle memory must have been jacked. Dude, the, the muscle memory was gone from the shit I was doing because I couldn't remember it. For I mean, it was gone. So we had to write new jokes in the hospital about me being in the hospital. That's all it was. Like, the first day, I mean, it, the, it's, it's, it's great when you can write something that happened to you and make it hilarious, even though you got a, you know, you got on... Fifteen wires into your body. Right. I can't feel my hand because of the medication they gave right. me. So look yeah, at, look at prior. But, but, that 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 makes me think of prior. Well, Amanda, the thing about this though, when just when you're like you're talking about about uh, Aldero, like when when you have when you're sick, we've all been had the flu, oh, yeah. had something, and you go on stage, and you got kicked. hundred percent. You feel totally fine for the most part. Yeah. Like yep. it, it goes away. The adrenaline kicks in, mm -hmm. but then you get off stage. Yeah, and like twenty minutes later, you're gone. Your ass is Especially, kicked. Yeah, right. Yep. You know what I mean. Like, and I, I wonder sometimes, like the amazing, you know, healing power of your body and adrenaline, and what you can do by just changing your mindset and having to be on a. But I wonder if I wonder if if it's detrimental later, or if it's just it's or just, just feels just, that way because of the highs and the lows. It's you know? just like you got that energy. I had to save up all my energy to do these shows, and then afterwards, I was just like. Breathe, breathe. Okay, I need to collapse. Yeah. I mean, cause, yeah. you know. Oh, I get it. Um, we got to get ready to wrap it. But, Ian, I want to ask you real quick before we get ready to do the wrap-up. 
Uh, what was your what was your hardest time performing on stage physically? How did you feel? What was the hardest time for you to get through a performance on stage? Man, that that that's tough. I'm trying to think about it because I've I haven't had that that many. Like you mean having something physically, physically wrong? Physically with me? wrong I when mean, you had to power through it. I've had I've had moments where you know from training where I've had uh, uh, you know like herniated discs in my neck and things like that, and I can't I couldn't you know couldn't oh. turn my head properly. My arms would go numb if I'd stand up straight. Um, and, and you know those kind of things where I'm, I'm 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 severely injured. But again, I'm on stage. And it goes away. The worst bad. for me is I get migraines and I lose, I get ocular migraines. So I'll lose my vision. And sometimes I'm about to get up on stage and I get a migraine and all of a sudden it's just like this, this wave of like weird staticky shit blocks out. It blocks out half my vision and I get panic attacks when I have them and I have to ignore the panic attack and ignore the fact, ignore the fact that I can't see half of my face mm-hmm. or half of somebody, whatever's in front of me. And I've had those on, as I'm getting on stage a couple times where I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And Dude. I, have to, I have to, or in the middle of my act, I look down, I'm like, oh shit, I can't see right now. And I just Both of you it. guys win. I was going to say I had a cold. <laughs> uh, so uh, you guys both win that category right there. You said wheelchair, you said half blind. I'm like, one sinus was kind of clogged up, which is weird. And it was kind of rough that set. Dude, real, real, I know we're ending the show, but there was one night where I was in a, doing a one-nighter. After the wheelchair, I'm still using the cane, but I'm on blood thinners. So everything, if I bruise myself, I might start bleeding. So one night on the show, I bruised something in my thigh. And there's like a little spot of blood just getting bigger and bigger on stage. Whoa. And they're like, is he okay? And I'm like, uh, I'm, like I'm okay, good. <laughs> and I finished the show and cleaned it up and... This yeah. is called killing it, people. Yeah. <laughs> it's called and, killing it. And by the way, we we never we have we have yet to I don't know how many episodes we're in now. We have yet to do any of our stuff. So real quick, plugs for yourself. Where are you gonna be? Oh gonna yeah, be yeah, yeah. Uh, the website is comedianttybarnett.com. You can go there and it has most of the information. The Facebook is comedian Ty Barnett. The the uh, the Twitter is tbarnett23, and the Instagram is uh, comedian Ty Barnett. Uh, let's see what I got coming up. I got shows coming up here and there. I'm still uh, working on a show for television. We'll see how that goes. But you know how Hollywood is. We'll see how that goes. Um, and you can find the tour dates on there. The album is out. It's called Grown Man Baby Steps. You can download it. <laughs> <laughs> you can download it uh, anywhere you can download music. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and oh, and uh, before I forget, empathy. I'm going to keep saying that <laughs> okay, every, every day. fucking podcast. Empathy. Empathy. Please start looking at other people with some empathy. The world will be a thousand times better. And and for me, uh, comedian IanHarris.com, skepticcomedian.com. I got shows uh, August 24th, which is my birthday. I'm going to be in San Francisco at Cobb's Comedy Club, uh, my hometown, home comedy town. On my birthday, come out. And I'm going to be in Nashville. I think Mo might come out for that. And uh, at the the end of the month of August, I'm going to be in Nashville, Huntsville, I'm gonna be in Atlanta at Dragon Con again this year, Woo-hoo. and uh, yeah, a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, Columbus, Denver, Colorado Springs. So go to my website and look for all my stuff and download my uh, comedy special, Extraordinary, on any place you can get VOD. Amazon, Amazon Prime, iTunes, all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. I want to thank Mo time. for being here, yes. you guys. Give yeah. a round. Of, thank you guys. Give a round of applause in your car driving. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. This has been a pleasure. This is awesome. You're, You're awesome, awesome, bro. Man. Absolutely. Until next time, keep it critical. Keep it thinking. Peace. Peace.